Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Gary. This is Mike. So this evening... Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about safety plans, uh, the importance of them, and how to effectively create a, a safety plan that really helps. Um, you know, I def- I mentor uh, a couple of guys, my my sponsees that I have helped with this um, because there's certain certain places that they struggled with. You know, pools, you know, beaches. Those those places are definitely danger zones. And often um, they would find themselves in a situation where they'd eventually start tumbling down the hill and then end up relapsing because there's no safety plan in place. You know, and quite obviously, you know, going to a pool or to a beach, you know there are going to be women not wearing as much clothing as you would see in a grocery store or something like that. So it's definitely a danger zone. And so coming up with a safety plan, uh, at least in my mind or, you know, as well as uh, in the material is always a good tool to have in place because then you know, okay, if this happens, what do I do? Instead of you know having this like, oh my gosh, it just came out of nowhere. Well, right. we right. know what women are wearing, those type mm-hmm. of things, and it is a danger zone. And if you stop and think about it, it didn't come out of nowhere. No, it didn't. It did not. No, it didn't. You know, did and not. quite well, often uh, when I'm thinking about it, and even doing my own, it's like, okay, why am I thinking that way? Because I know this is there. I love uh, our common counselor has a comment that he makes. He said, at this point in time in your recovery, there's only two possible reasons for relapse. One is just blatant. Willful disobedience. Yeah. Disobedience. Mm -hmm. And I think 95% of relapses fall in that category. The other is, is that just caught by complete surprise. I had no idea. I did not see this coming. But as you point out, if I'm heading to the beach today, I know full well that I'm I'm putting myself in harm's way. Yes. So... Uh, first word. First time I ever heard the word safety plan is uh, uh, I travel a bit, mm-hmm. and the the first time, uh, and and interestingly enough, uh, my acting out behaviors uh, very similar to yours. I think as you've shared your story, uh, a lot of acting out behaviors as I traveled. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. And so uh, the first time I was introduced to the concept of a safety plan is is what's my plan to keep myself safe as I'm traveling, as I'm heading to these other locations, where. I will have access to the internet. I will have access mm-hmm. to a variety of different things. I will be alone. Uh, I will be away from my wife and family and 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 my sponsor. And so, uh, I, I think I shared my very first safety plan with you. Is mm-hmm. Here's what I'm planning on doing. Here's what my intention is to keep myself safe. And I was rem- I was amazed at how powerful a safety plan can be around that. Yeah. Since then, because that's largely focused on travel, and I think that's still relevant. But interestingly enough, I've come up with three or four other op- episodes, uh, opportunities for people to put together a safety plan just because something's happened in their life that they did not anticipate. I'm working with a sponsor of my own who uh, recently lost his job and how that's affecting him. And, and, and we talked about the possibility of safety plan of keeping oneself safe mm-hmm. in relation to just the nuances of now not having a place to be during the day, not having something else to yeah. do, not having somebody... You know, right there with them, having lots of alone time, perhaps a spouse who works, all those different things. And how do we keep ourselves safe and moving forward and in a good mental place as we navigate the prospects of finding a new job, et cetera? So 
we we constructed a safety plan around that. So interesting thing to 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 kind of concept a uh, great concept. Yeah, I mean my, myself since you know I recently lost my job, I I kind of did that same thing. Okay, you know I'm gonna spend one hour in the morning looking for jobs and submitting resumes and applications. You know then. You know, I, I'm going to do this, you know, uh, go out and exercise or go feed the dog, go for a walk, um, you know, and then I'm only going to allow myself X amount of hours on the TV. Sure. Uh, you know, and then later in the day, check my email, see if anything came back, you know, very intentionally going through those things because I do have a lot more time on my hands, right. you know, like this other individual does. And it would be very easy because I don't have a spouse. My kids aren't there. I don't have anyone looking over my shoulder. It would be really easy to, well, what does it matter? It's just me. But I don't want to lose my clean time. I don't want to take a, a step backwards. Right. And so it was, it's a lot easier just to go, okay, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to stick to. And if I'm feeling that temptation, part of my safety plan is to go somewhere yeah. or reach out. Um, you know, today... I decided, oh, you know, I was kind of getting down on myself. I wasn't anywhere near that line, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to meditate. And then after that, I'm going to take a nap. I don't get to take naps during the day, but I'm going to take one today. It's going to be a nice <laughs> self-care thing. And I set my, my alarm clock, gave myself 30 minutes, so I didn't oversleep, but it was nice. And I had a game plan. After that, I woke up, checked my email, took the dog for a walk, all those things. And today was a good positive day. And I'll just keep repeating that over and over. Oh, great. Good for you. Well, I have a couple of thoughts. Go ahead. First thing is that I think a, a safety plan isn't just a useful tool. I think it's a necessity. Sure. Okay. And the first and biggest safety plan that I think that you need to do is you need to make a schedule. Yeah. You need to establish what the normal is. Mm -hmm. That's you, a great you know, point. You make a schedule and then you stick to it. And you do the things on your schedule deliberately. Right. Okay. Because remember, your recovery is a lifestyle. Yeah. So you, then once you've established kind of what your normal is, okay? And the reason, the reason that's so important is, is I remember, I remember there was a time, in, there was a time in my recovery, and this was pretty early on, that I would get up, I would get ready, I would take my boys you know, I drop one off to school, drop one off to daycare. And then it was like, it would hit me. And I was just, you know, activated. I was triggered. I was ready. And I thought, what is going on? Sure. I haven't done anything. Right. Haven't done anything that I could think of that was putting me in a situation where I would, I would be set up like this. Right. And so I sat down and I, I spoke with my wife and I spoke with a sponsor and I spoke with my therapist and I said, this is what's going on. And so I had to break that down. And I realized, I realized that a lot of the times when I would act out was in the morning and my morning routine was like me getting ready to go. And then once I dropped the kids off, I was free to, to act mm -hmm. out. And, and yeah. I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in my pattern, you know? Yeah. And so I had to change the way that I got ready in the morning. I had to create a, a new routine, you know, yeah. so that I could establish this new normal and keep myself safe. Mm -hmm. So the the reason I bring it up is because my whole morning routine had to change as part of my safety plan, right? you know, 
So I had to create a new normal. So ever since that experience, my first thing to say is, is you create a schedule, you stick to it, you create what a healthy, what you want your healthy schedule to be like. And then once you know what the normal is, once you have this nice, this is what things are, then you can start anticipating, okay, I'm going to see a disruption here. What am I going to do? I'm going out of town. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, what's my plan? Cause this is not going to be what my normal is or, you know, I've lost my job or something else has happened. And it could be, it could be something disruptive, like losing a job. It could also be something really good. Like, Oh, I, I don't know, something really good. I won the lottery or, or some, sure. something mm-hmm. that you normally would say, Oh, this is a really positive thing. You know, maybe I got a new girlfriend or maybe mm-hmm. you, you see what I'm saying, yeah. but, but any, so uh, this is, this is what worked for me. So if it works great, if not, then, yeah. um, so you, you establish the normal and then you start looking for, okay, what's going to disrupt this and how can I prepare mm-hmm. that? And then you can start implementing different kinds of tools like, uh, okay, I'm going to use my culture. I'm going to start reaching out to people. I'm going to talk to my yeah. sponsor. Then I'll do this. Then I'll do this. I'm going to have, I think they called it a fire drill kind of a thing. Yeah, Where right. If I find myself, I will do A, B, and C. And, yeah. and I, I used that so many times. And, and you know, this was you know, I, I would find myself triggering or, you know, being activated and I would say, okay, what, what is my safety plan? Okay. First thing it is, is I'm just going to throw out a blanket text to everybody in my recovery group. I'm having a, a rough time. Right. Okay. Cause I thought if I throw it out far and wide and I contact a number of people, somebody will respond, will respond, respond back. Yeah. All right. And then I will take the next 45 minutes assuring everybody <laughs> because I'm talking to one person and they're not hearing back from me because yeah, right. everything, everything would come in. And I had to do that a few times, but it worked. It rem- worked. Yeah. I was just reflecting on my own as you were sharing your story. I remember mm-hmm. uh, uh, flying to Denver. Denver happened to be a city that I'd acted out in a time or two. And so I remember that just just the the morning of getting ready, climbing on the plane, landing in Denver, and just feeling incredibly overwhelmed with this this uh, this feeling of activation and elevation and and the anxiety of it all. I had been pretty good about putting together a plan for all of that, but I remember uh, I remember walking through. I mean, obviously can't check into the hotel until a certain period of time, so I'm. I've got appointments scheduled, but I've got three or four hours beforehand, which would have been the time that I would have normally acted out, kind of like you in the mm-hmm. morning time. I'm away from everybody. I can go act out. I can do whatever I want to do. Then I would start my day. So I remember setting up a plan around that. I wanted to be places where I was public. I could sit down in a restaurant and have breakfast and be there for quite some period of time because my plane had landed early or whatever. And I remember saying, I want to stay here. I want to be part of all this. I want to be working on my. Uh, I'm working on my appointments, uh, all the things that I wanted to establish. But more importantly, I'm like you. I wanted to reach out to everybody, cast a net far and wide. Who's going to respond, and then talk about recovery-related things. Here's where I'm at. I'm incredibly, you know, my mind's going crazy because I'm here where I've acted out before. Uh, reached out to my wife and let her know that she was very much a part of my safety plan as well letting her know where I'm at, what I'm doing. I'm Right now I'm at this restaurant, I'm eating breakfast, and I wanted her to feel safe about where I was at and what I was doing as well. So I would snap a photo and say, here's where I'm at. Snap a photo of the restaurant, and then now I'm on my way down to meet with this client, and I'm driving down this road, I'll be there at this client. Mm-hmm. I just wanted her to feel safe through all mm-hmm. of that as well. And I was amazed at how executing a plan 
really felt me made me feel safe and secure that was that was re- what it was really mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. so that was very helpful for me uh, I, I think also of uh, one of a, sort of a mutual uh, addict of whom we all know. I love his stories of travel. He does work for the government and travels quite regularly. But I love when he checks into the hotel, one of the things he wants to do is deactivate the TV. And, I, you know, I'm pretty simple. I'm a simple guy. I'll take the batteries out of the remote and I'll toss those in the garbage can down the hall or something like that. So they're out of the room, out of the way. And I feel like the TV's activated or, or the TV's deactivated. He actually removes the TV from the wall. Yes, he does. <laughs> removes the TV from the wall in a hotel room and takes it to the front counter and says, I don't want this in my room. <laughs> and I love that. Sort of the poltergeist moment, right? When they move the TV out of the hallway at the well, end of the show. Well, I think some of the newer TVs actually are voice activated. So you can just say turn on and they'll turn on. Really? Yeah. I didn't know so that. So mm. taking a TV down is probably better because the batteries won't work. <laughs> but I mean... You kind of mentioned normalizing. Uh, I think that's really important, um, you know, because we're trying to, you know, build a normal routine. Even going out of town, you know, um, I know with some with one of my sponsees, he's like, yeah, going to this place is really tough because there's this road, you know, and there's strip clubs on it. And I was like, well, just go down a different road. You know, let's let's go down a normal road. And, you know, we don't have to go down that road. We know that's a problem. So let's go down another road. Um, or, you know, uh, there was another time he called me cause he was at a, a station, uh, filling up his car and he's like, yeah, across the street is, is a strip club. I'm like, okay, well, it's just a building, you know, let's, let's just think of it as a building. It's no different than if you're in another gas station, it was a grocery store. You know, the more you're focusing on it, mm-hmm. the more you're giving power or attention to it, the more your brain's like, oh, we gotta go there. We gotta go there. Mm-hmm. So if you just normalize it, it's just a building. It doesn't give it that power, right. that draw. Right. Um, because, I mean, if I, I've been there multiple times where it's just, uh, you know, there is one across the street. All right, no big deal. Just, it's a building, fill up. What's the next thing? I got to be here. And then move on move to on. that thing. Yeah. And it really helps. I like, I like, uh, while you were talking, your comments brought up a thought. And I think you need to be meticulous in, in what you're doing. You need to be mm-hmm. aware of the big things. Yes. But you also need to be aware of the little things. And sometimes you need to have a safety plan for, okay, what am I going to do if the unexpected, the unexpected happens? Yeah. You know, what might that look like? You know, um, I, I can think of, I can think of one example. I was, I was helping a, a customer, right? Mm-hmm. And she wanted, I was helping a customer. Now I'm a, I'm a jeweler by trade. And so she wanted this necklace recreated. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I had I had established a plan, a plan what to happen if I come across something risque or yeah. you know this is what I'm going to do, and so she showed me a photo of the jewelry that she wanted recreated, but she was modeling the jewelry and wasn't wearing anything else. I wasn't expecting that. Right. I wasn't looking for that. I didn't think anybody was going to show me a picture like that. Yeah. You know, and so I did my best to to help her, and then I actually turned turned her over to one of the people that I was working with. Yeah. You know, because I knew that she would do a better job than I would. And then I went back and I talked to the person who, or I went and I talked to my sponsor. I said, Hey, you would not believe what just happened, you know? And I remember his response says, man, only to you only, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, you, you need, it, it was the, 
there's a strip club across the street. Okay, what if I what if I notice, you know, what if something changes? Like, oh, something like that opened up next to a restaurant that I normally go to or mm-hmm. the gas station. At, you know, yeah. sure. how am I going to respond to that? You know, and if you think through different scenarios and you have a plan, even have a plan for the unexpected. Okay, right. if I if X happens and I don't know what X is, what am I going to do? Sure. Yeah. You know, and then have two or three different ideas. Well, I'm going to call this person. Or I'm going to reach out to this person or I'm going to stop and do this or... You know, I just had a thought. I'm mm-hmm. amazed. <clears throat> I'm amazed at how much I find myself in trouble in that space between something that surprises me mm-hmm. and my response to it. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't have a plan, in the absence of a plan, oftentimes I make stupid mistakes. It's in that window. It's mm-hmm. in that space yeah. of just nothingness that some of the dumbest ideas I've ever had come up. And I think that's the way it is for all of us. Whereas if we just simply had a plan, mm-hmm. if we just simply had an escape route already built into whatever it was, I know full well, well, think of your jewelry experience. Mm-hmm. You've been through that now. If that happens again, I think you probably have in your mind what it is you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, see, yeah. in that instance, I had a plan. It was, if something happens, you know, if something unexpected mm-hmm. or untoward happens, I will do this. Yeah, I will transition that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think it's I think that's healthy. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that's incredibly healthy. Now, we can't plan, obviously, for no. every single thing that happens in our life. We're going to head down a road at some point in time mm-hmm. and see something that we didn't anticipate. We're in a different town. We didn't know it was there, yeah. whatever the case may be. But if we have an overall plan that says, I'm not going to focus on that if I recognize it's just a building. Yeah. Whatever the plan happens to be that really affects us. Uh, then we have the ability in place because it's in that moment of not having anything that we find ourselves in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, for example, that it's coming to mind for me. Uh, you know, we went on a, a family trip. My, you know, my ex, my, my ex wife's ex husband used, to, you know, lived in Las Vegas. So we'd go down there for her sons to go see their dad. And there was one time that we were going up, walking onto the escalators to go up. And onto the, one of the, the sky bridges, and these two girls dressed as um, showgirls stepped in front of us, and as the escalator started going up, I started noticing that their behind was not covered, and I immediately turned around. You know, it's like, all right, nope, don't want to be looking at that, um, and so that was like first thing. I just turned around, and then I started talking to her and the kids. Um, so it's that was definitely not expected, right? But and in that not moment, you could control. Yeah, and I couldn't control. But in that moment, instead of just like who cares? It's like I could have said, "Well, they just stepped in front of me. It's I can't yeah. help that the escalator brought that to my eye level." But I made a decision to turn around and make changes, and then I stayed that way. And then the kids, you know, my kids were like. Uh, the end of the escalator is happening. I'm like, all right, just let me know when it's there, and I'll step backwards because I didn't want to turn around to look again in any way. And then when I stepped off, I waited till everyone got off, and then you know, then I asked, hey, have they gone further down? Because I don't want to look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind yeah, I didn't have a plan for it, but I kind of had some steps of at least something I could do to right. mitigate that. Right. So this reminds me of a great quote from uh, George S. Pat. He says, a good plan voluntarily voluntarily executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. Yeah. <laughs> so your plan your plan doesn't have to be perfect, yes. right? But you do have to voluntarily do it. 
You know what I mean? Leave it to George Patton to come up with a perfect quote. <laughs> I think that's spot on. I think that's absolutely spot on. Well, I mean, on. even a bad plan's better than no plan. That's... <laughs> I guess, it, I guess it depends on what you mean by bad plan, but yeah, something's better than nothing. Well, I mean, some, I mean, not definitely not a plan that's going to make you relapse. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. You know, a, a plan that may not have every step in it. Right. That you know may you may mishap or mm-hmm. misstep, mm-hmm. but it's still better than not having a plan. Yes. You know, like just showing up to the pool, like well, pff, I didn't know there was going to be anyone there. I mean, it, that that's kind of an excuse. Really. Isn't there a? Isn't there a? If you. But if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Can we yeah. that yeah. quote too? Sure. Yeah. Just throw sure. another quote out there. I, I would like to point out one specific aspect of a safety plan that I think we're, you know, that maybe hasn't been sort of ferreted out in our discussion. And that is, is that this really ought to be shared with somebody. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think what happens oftentimes is, is that we put together this, what we consider to be a genius plan and that, that it's. And then what we need is we need some feedback. We need mm-hmm. some feedback to sort of you need poke make- holes at, at, at possible weaknesses, some of the things that we may have overlooked, all yeah. of those sorts of things. Do you have a thought? Yes. Well, not, not only that, sure. you also can be held accountable. <laughs> That's yes. where I was going. Okay. Yes. You need some accountability as part of your plan. Great point. Yeah. Great point. You've got to report to somebody. Yes. You know, I'm going out of town, and this this is my plan. I will do this, 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 and this. And I will report to you here 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 and here and if something untoward happens this is what i'm going to do Mm -hmm. and i might call you out of the blue yeah right you you know that's a perfect responsibility of a sponsor Mm -hmm. so for those of us who are are, you know working with a sponsor those of us who uh, are contemplating getting a sponsor this is a this is a perfect responsibility for a sponsor oftentimes uh, though there are accountability partners in our life, and I think it's really relevant and important to share with our spouse, mm-hmm. this is what's going on, this is what's happening. Uh, safety plan's a great time to check in, this is what's going on with me. But there are times, there may be times in that safety plan where a sponsor fits the bill even better than a spouse does mm. because yeah. it allows us to openly talk about things that we're experiencing without causing pain and or harm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's relevant. I think that's really important. Yeah, because, I mean, with the spouse, there's the possibility of bringing up more trauma. That's right. You know, they could get triggered where at least with this, you know, your your sponsor, they don't have that investment in there. Yeah. You know, and they're definitely going to call you out and, you know, well, that was a bonehead move. Right. Where the spouse may get triggered and not only is now that a bonehead move, but now that's brought up everything from the past and now that's you're right. like... The if dirt you bag of the be, universe. Yeah, if you sometimes. happen to be one who happened to visit a, a strip club or something yeah. like that, and now you're pumping gas mm-hmm. and happen to look across the street and say, uh, guess what, dear? I'm right across the street from a, a strip club. Obviously, a sponsor would be able to help you through some yeah. of that, where a spouse would be very much... She might, it might not. Yeah. It might yeah. not be in a good place for her. Well, yeah, so. it's like, oh, well, why'd you go to that gas station? Exactly. You there's knew that gas station around. was there. Sure. Yeah, there's one down the street. You could have just drove on. Yeah. yeah. So the point being is, is that... Uh, uh, while I believe a spouse is a, a critical component of a safety plan, if you uh, have one, if you have one, yes. that's right. I think it's uh, I think it's really fitting for a sponsor to be involved in that. Well, there's they fill different roles, and that's they why do. you have both. That's right. That's I agree. Great. So uh, the point being is is that you know get a sponsor. Always consider a safety plan, and, and this isn't necessarily just associated with travel, but there's lots of places where a safety plan would fit in beautifully. Hmm. So. All right. Yes. How'd we do? We did great. So we're out of time, but 
Um, How does that happen? I, it, we just get in the flow. One minute, yeah, one minute at a time. <laughs> yeah, we're, we just get in the flow and it, time goes away. So this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. And this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. And this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEPPODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.